You're listening to Our Tunes. Music appreciation and digital media discourse. I'm Lewis. I'm Brad. Sorry, no. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, this is this is Our Tunes. So yeah, Brad, what'd you listen to this week? Oh, man. So first off, I'll have to say that the album that has been, like, calling me back again and again is this album Cure for Pain by Morphine. You came over to my house last weekend and said that someone uh, recommended this to you to you to listen to. And wow, it blew my mind. Never heard of it. Was just good. And I, I want to say it might sound like we're pandering to a, a, a listener. <laughs> but I want to say in my sincere, honest, deep down, this is a really cool album. In fact, I'll say I DJed it at work. Now, I work in an office place. This isn't like a cool DJing establishment. It's literally like a banal day-to-day office place. We have some very good, interested music listeners, and they also enjoyed. I think I even recall someone saying, I listened to it at home. So so I feel like there's been a cascading ripple effect of morphine going through the the community. I wonder if Spotify is like, what's going on in Philadelphia? There's a lot of morphine being listened to right now. So my friend Rob Lubis recommended this album to me, and he had just heard it recently play on XPN, and he recommended it to me. He was like, yeah, I think you'd really dig it, and I did really dig it. And I recommended it to you because I thought you would also. Yeah, and I, I just thought I should I should mention just like a couple quick things. So it's a trio. I definitely love when a trio can make powerful like musical sound. In this case, um, they had a, one of the three is a sax player, one's a drummer, and one is he's uh, he's his name is Mark Sandman. He's like the singer plays like a two-string bass with a slide yeah overall they 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 can like play some powerful stuff without a whole bunch of like overdubbing the album came out in 93 so came out around the time when grunge was kind of getting popular it sort of has like a jazzier grungy kind of feel Um, the the chord progressions definitely scream like grunge yeah and it's it's not just because there's a sax player sax certainly has some jazzy elements but like it's 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 utilized in a really cool way songs that pop out of my mind right away is uh buena you see a middle devil named Buena Buena And since I met the devil I'm getting the same Oh no And I feel alright now I have to tell you I think it's time for me to finally introduce you to the Buena 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 Good, good, good um, I think that's probably guy. It's probably one of their uh, probably the big biggest track off of that album it's a great album through and through it's an album that does a really good job of keeping a really consistent tone but also each song is really unique yeah this is an album of the 90s that like incorporates a lot of things that were going on musically but also endears and is i think way better than a lot of the other popular music of the 90s so what else have you been listening to this week lewis I've been listening to this new Beach House record that came out. I've been really enjoying that. It's just always a treat to listen to Beach House. Uh, That album is called Once Twice Melody, and I'm really looking forward to giving that one some deeper listens. The one that I listened to today, that was released today, uh, is by a Philly band called Big Nothing. 
Um, and they're kind of a like sort of power pop. It's like extremely hooky, melodic uh, punk. The album is titled Dog Hours. And it's just got a lot of really low-key great tracks, like spacious production, lovely melodies. It's kind of like replacements style, like kind of guitar driven. Always On My Mind, that was like the most recent single. I like that track a lot. segment today we're doing a little bit more of the data dive as you may have listened to on our previous episode we dug into gigabyte counts artists songs grand totals of all of those but one thing that is inextricably linked i would say is our last fm profiles brad when did you join last <laughs> fm do you remember it was long uh ago. man i was very much wrapped up in my my own charts I don't know if that's some sort of egotistical uh, youth issue or I don't know. Well, they made it fun. <laughs> like that was the first social website I think I engaged in. And they were like, it's cool because it's music oh. and it's your friends. Who yeah, I, I didn't have any interest in the friends part. <laughs> I was only interested in following my charts. Mm. <laughs> it's weird because it's like, what was I expecting? I know what I was listening to. So when did I start? I'm, I'm going to guess 2006. I feel like that's it was correct. like a sophomore year of college, maybe freshman year. That is the time. You started uh, January 7th, 2006. I looked up the data because we're friends. <laughs> we're friends on Last FM, even if you only care about your own show. You might have been the last friend I ever made on Last <laughs> FM. Like literally, yeah. I think you might have been the last. There was this kind of steep drop off, I think, that happened around like 2013, 2014. My good friend Zach still uses it. And I think he's like a premium subscriber. So shout out Zach uh, for keeping Last FM alive. <laughs> The, the data that I've got are top artists, mm. top albums, most played tracks, number of loved tracks. And we should say that Brad has not reviewed this data. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like another time capsule within a time capsule, right? The iTunes library is already like in a silo somewhere. And this is, this is also data in a, in a separate mm -hmm. silo. You started January 7th, 2006. I got my first profile uh, May 31st, 2005. The total number of songs that you scrobbled, that's the lingo they use. Brad, you scrobbled 76,616 songs, which is pretty pretty impressive. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so that's between, like, <laughs> the last time you listened was, again, sometime in, like, the 2013 realm, probably. Okay. So in, like, seven years, that's, like, almost 80,000 songs. That's a lot of music. You did a lot of listening. Mm. Would you like to know what your top artist was? Uh, let's see if I can guess. Ooh, yeah. Top artist. Uh, I don't know. Is it good to guess? I feel like yeah, give it's it probably going to be in the top five. Okay. Three guesses? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Three guesses. We'll see if we'll, we'll get in the top five. I'm going to guess. I'm going to go with Brian Eno. He got it in one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he got it in one guess. All right. <laughs> do I need three more? Or uh, no? no, you, okay. you pretty okay. much okay. crushed it. I mean, uh, do you want to guess your top album? Oh, 
Uh, Here's a hint. Okay. It's not by your top artist. <laughs> I know. So I'm going to guess, just based on my knowledge of how data works, oh, man. Uh, albums with lots of tracks are the sure. ones that are going to be overrepresented. Ooh. So I'm going to throw out there some of the albums that I know that have lots of tracks. Okay. So I love prog rock. They're not going to be well represented because they got like three songs. <laughs> and they're each 20 minutes yeah. long. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say I know that I really like the album uh, Donuts by Jay Dilla. Mm. Lots of tracks. I don't know if it made it into the top. No, nope. it did not. Okay. It did not. You got two more guesses though. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Stars of the Lid, uh, Ooh, Refinement. Yeah of the decline or something that's a great like album, that but no that is ah, not that's okay, not on the okay, list okay okay uh, if you don't make it in the third guess that's okay because right. i'm just gonna tell you all right maybe i need to <laughs> maybe i need to think more about this from like a a brad perspective not yeah a, not a statistical like analysis perspective okay exactly. all right uh i will go with honky dory by david bowie no, ah! that's also a good guess. Okay, I uh, made a great album, but no, it was "Music Has the Right to Children" oh, by Boards of Canada. Wow, which I think, given like five guesses, you probably would have gotten because <sighs> yeah. obviously you listen to it a lot of times. Okay, I won't have you guess your most played track because that just seems really difficult. Yeah, there's so and, many. And I'll I'll be honest that as someone who is you know loves to play along to music with the bass, certain tracks. I just put yeah. on repeat because I just wanted to keep playing along to it over and over again. So yeah. some of them are probably ones that I just played lots of times. Just well, I wonder if you know the bass line to Be Thankful for What You've Got by <laughs> William Devon because that is your top yep. track. Just be thankful for what you got Though you may not drive Baseline, awesome. The message, be thankful for what you got. That's pretty um, nice thing to think And it, it's a cool song. I, I think all you need to do is listen to it. Just mm. go and listen to it. It's probably been covered, but listen to the original by William Devon. Or at least that's the original to me. I, I don't know if he was redoing a song. So that's that's Brad's last FM by the numbers. Reviewing mine, I feel like, I don't know. I, again, had like that intense pride in my stats. And it's really cool to look at the little count bars and all that stuff. When they redid last FM, I think in like the 2010s era, they made it a little less appealing to look at. Back in the 05, 06 realm, when I was just sitting at my home PC and scrabbling. I scrabbled a lot of Broken Social Scene. That was my top artist. And my top album was uh, The Midnight Organ Fight, which is an album by Frightened Rabbit. Extremely good Scottish indie rock. The lead songwriter, Scott Hutchinson, took his own life uh, like four years ago. And he was just like a brilliant writer, you know, had so much pain. And he really put it out there and I guess wore it with pride. I don't know. There was a really amazing connection I felt to his music because he was just so honest about like that that pain. So I listened to that album a lot. And as a result, the most played track in my library is also the first track from that album, The Modern Leopard. A cripple walks amongst you all, you tired human beings. 
got all the things a cripple has not to working arms and legs. And vital parts fall from his system and dissolve in Scottish rain. Vitally, he doesn't miss him, he's too fucked up to care. Was that you in front of me? Coming back for even more, they tell you the same. Well, you must be a masochist. To love a modern leopard on his last leg, on his last leg. It starts slowly and then it just explodes with so much, so much emotion. So, should I ask now? Would you prefer me to wait to listen to that for homework? Ooh. Or... I don't think I need to assign it for homework. Okay. I think you could do it. You could do it on your own time because it's Good. just like the album we did last week, an extremely <laughs> emotionally taxing record. So I want you to listen to it when you're good and ready. Okay. Um, well, I might, yeah, maybe I'll come back and say, yeah. I think you need to force me to do this, Lewis. Yeah. And, you know, that may that may be the case. There's definitely songs on it that are more upbeat or have a more uplifting message, but a lot of it is just about, you know, it's like a breakup album. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm still. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna. I'm gonna listen. I think you should, because it's also you know apart from being of the sound palette of indie rock and things you probably heard, it's not like adventurous musically, but the melodies are great. The lyrics are phenomenal, and the songs just they just carry you. I'll turn off the TV. It's killing us. We never speak. There's a radio in the corner. And now, for homework. Last episode, Lewis, uh, I had assigned you the 1968 album Nancy and Lee by Nancy Sinatra and Lee Hazelwood. It was released in 1968, one of my favorite albums, so I'll just love to hear what you think about it. Thank you, Brad. And thank you for assigning me this album because it was an absolute joy to listen to. Right off the bat, I was just struck by the production, the amount of space in the recording. It starts off, right, the song, You've Lost That Love and Feeling. That song starts off like such a such a slow little kind of tickle, and then it just like flourishes. It turns into this giant, beautiful ballad. And that's really just like kind of frames the rest of the album in a lot of ways. These songs are like really kind of sweeping and masterful but they don't give that away up front production wise when i'm listening to it everything just sits perfectly where it should be the voices are just like so present so clear it's not just guitar bass drums pop right it's also driven by strings by horns by keyboards and i just love like how how lush it is how many different sounds are going on around me centrally it's about their voices because they both have completely unique and different voices and in conversation, they're just delightful. Lee Hazelwood has this like kind of gravelly tone. He like growls a little bit. Sometimes he's more like talking than singing. His voice is just like smooth yet a little abrasive, but just a tiny bit. So can I ask, did you try to sing along with Lee Hazelwood at any point? I thought about it, <laughs> uh, but no, I can't. I can't go as deep as he can. Because I just gotta say, <laughs> it's easier for me to sing along with Nancy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Like his his like baritone, it's just like so so down there, it's like <laughs> so low. Yeah, and he does it so smoothly, so effortlessly. And yeah, versus Nancy has like kind of this more lofty croon. Her voice is again very very beautiful, very clear. And I think that's kind of a foil to his voice in a lot of ways because he's just like this deep bottom and he just like stays down there. So this is a duet album and again the voices are lyrically in conversation with each other. But there's one song I thought was, you know, it's kind of a goofy song. Greenwich Village folk song uh, salesman. I met him in a Greenwich Village coffin. Greenwich. He was selling folk songs and little dirty books. The place was full of happy, hopped-up hippies at the time. All morning long, he hadn't made a dime. He was a Greenwich Village folk-shot salesman. You should have heard the bag he was in. He was a Greenwich Village folk-shot salesman. He'd jump up and sing one now and then. I got songs about Detroit and Vietnam. About the economic opportunity program. What's that? I don't know. I didn't write this song. Hmm. So that song, it kind of reminded me of uh, Inside Lewin Davis, which is that Coen Brothers film about a songwriter mm-hmm. from Greenwich Village. <laughs> and just like his haplessness, this song in particular, right, it tells a story. At the end of it, Nancy is actually thinking out loud on the recording if it's actually pronounced Green Witch. <laughs> and I just like, I thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah. And that they left that on the recording. That was really funny. And it kind of gave it some levity because, you know, you can listen to those songs and kind of think, oh, well, they're very self-serious. Mm-hmm. But they're not. My favorite song, bar none, is Summer Wine. Ooh. That is a beautiful Strawberries, song. cherries, and an angel's kiss in spring. My summer wine is really made from all these things. I walked in town on silver spurs, the jingle too. A song that I had only sang to just a few She saw my silver spurs and said let's pass some time And I will give to you summer wine Oh, summer wine It is instantly feels cinematic. It has this like the cinematic feel it's like a dark ballad the storytelling is just like really good the tone of that song is flawless there's like this dark like brooding guitar it's a story about a woman who entices a man with silver spurs to drink this summer wine can i can i add i i agree with you i think it's one of the best songs on this album Mm -hmm. The relationship between something that's being said in a lyric and like the sound. Mm-hmm. So there's there's constant reference to this man on silver spurs. It makes me think of like spur jingling yeah. you know, on the back of a boot. And the whole pace of it. Loved Summer Wine. It was amazing. The other you know song that struck me a lot was Some Velvet Morning. So that's another song that has like kind of a dark vibe from the beginning. Some velvet morning when I'm straight 
It switches to this sort of ethereal, much more like psychedelic vibe when Nancy's vocals come in. Nancy's part is in 3-4 and it really changes the feel of the song. It feels a little intoxicating. The vibe is similar to Summer Wine, but it is very different. It kind of transports you to a different place entirely. And when I saw this on the track list, I was like, I've heard this song before. And it turns out the shoegaze band Slow Dive does a cover of this song. Mm. And their cover is different, but it also shows like the psychedelic influence of this album was just pl plucked out by this band. And they were like, we need to make this our own, which they totally did. I highly recommend listening to that cover too. It's, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, I would say that is my favorite song on mm. this album. And there's been so many times that I've tried to, that I've tried to read the lyrics to this song and wrap my head around it. And I just can't. And like, I mean, it's just so bizarre. It's pretty out there. <laughs> yeah, it's really bizarre. Very psychedelic feeling, but like psychedelic at the Grand Ole Opry or something. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's, it's not like Jimi Hendrix psychedelic. I, I feel like I was searching on YouTube at some point and came across a music video for this. Whoa. Where Lee Hazelwood is like on a white horse, like walking <laughs> down the beach Nancy Sinatra, you know, is off singing when her parts are singing, like in some ethereal place. Um, I also found out in my in my digging, kind of researching this album a little bit, I found out that Lee Hazelwood recorded a version of this song in like his later years. He he's passed away now, but like I think in two thousand five or something like that, he recorded a version with his granddaughter, whose name is Phaedra, which is the second character's name. Nancy sings uh, mm -hmm. parts the female melody she says phaedra is my name really cool that that kind of mythology entered his life uh, yeah, i think that's just amazing my third pick for like a favorite track is uh sundown sundown mm -hmm. which is a, a funny song There's never gonna be There's no one in this world needs me There's never gonna be And yet sometimes in my dreams I hear Thank you. 
cynical tone. Maybe you can remind me of the lyric he uses exactly, but Lee, Lee Hazelwood's like, there's no one for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to be alone. <laughs> That's it. Um, and like, despite that kind of, you know, down, like kick in the dirt sort of emotional vibe, the song has a really infectious melody and it just like, again, it carries you like all of these songs do with like beautiful big arrangements and mm-hmm. like yeah, infectious melodies. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and I feel like, you know, as you, as you listen through this album, it's clear that some of the tracks have this sort of wall of sound production. Mm-hmm. Sundown, Some Velvet Morning, um, Summer Wine, much more arranged and orchestrated. You know, I listened to this album so many times. Leading up to our conversation tonight, I had sort of looked a little more like, I didn't know who else was on this album other than Lee and Nancy and like what was... Like who's playing. Yeah, like what Mm. was the background. And I found out that one of the people who was pretty instrumental to this album... Oh, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, was uh, someone named Billy Strange. He arranged and conducted the album. Um, and he's a, he's a guitarist who had a background with the Wrecking Crew, very prolific backing band that played with, you know, on, on albums like Pet Sounds. Mm-hmm. And he played guitar um, on these tracks. I was just like, wow, this kind of reminds me of like, Pet Sounds goes to Nashville yeah. and gets Lee and Nancy uh, to sing songs. I feel like that makes it an even more like special collaboration because <laughs> Lee and Nancy are already like together. They fit in the groove perfectly. Mm-hmm. And then having Billy Strange like backing them up and, and creating the world of sound that they're living in is just like, mm-hmm. uh, perfect. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just point out two elements that I'm pretty sure are coming from Billy Strange. But I could be wrong. This is just my assumption. One, uh, I love in the song Sand, there is a backwards guitar solo. I know today you can ha- you can get some sort of effects pedal that you can play and it will, it will play the sound backwards. But I have a feeling that in the studio they actually took the tape, cut it, flipped it around. Reversed it. And, and obviously he played it very intentionally so that when he reversed it, it sounded good it, it fits very well in like a neat country pop song yeah <laughs> um and then the second thing i'll say is that in a number of these songs there's this beat that sounds like it's it's got the tempo of like how a horse would like Ooh. like walk it's yeah. like sundown mm-hmm. is and summer wine if you're nodding your head along to it like it's almost as if you're like on a horse i, I don't know <laughs> that's a really but but i feel really like again point. it it sort of is evocative of this kind of country vibe i think the first time i i ever really thought about that as a musical thing was in this show Peaky Blinders mm. did you ever catch that on I've netflix i've watched a couple episodes it's like the gangsters British gangsters. Yes, yeah. yeah. And the opening of the of the show, it's a really cool opening, um, where like one of the main characters is on this horse and he's walking along and the horse has this gait that's matching the tempo of this song of their theme song, which mm-hmm. I think was a Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds Ooh. song. Um so also very good. But that was the first one I was like, Man, the horse gate tempo. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm sure there's a thing where, like, an artist walks in the studio and, like, he tells the engineer, yeah, this is going to be one of those horse johns, and they, like, make it happen. I would be curious to know 
who was the Billy Strange connection? Was it Lee or Nancy? Um, because Nancy did some other songs with him. And I don't know if you heard, but Billy Strange also did some arranging and conducting for James Bond songs. Mm-hmm. Like James that makes Bond a ton thing. of sense. Because yes. when I listen to this album, I think like this is like a hair away from being a Bond theme. Summer Wine, I think, has a horn sort of embellishment that's like da 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 yeah no 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 I felt that vibe and that was probably part of like the yeah. cinematic feel that mm-hmm. I got right away from listening well, to it so she did the song uh, You Only Live Twice with Billy Strange yeah and I, I like I love that song I will listen to that over and over again this is one of your favorite albums mm-hmm. it meant a lot to you I uh, really appreciate you sharing it with me because yeah. again I never really listened to it I knew like kind of adjacently a few things about it I, I will just add that the thing that got me into it was uh, I was really uh, fortunate to inherit a bunch of 45s from my father. I think he had a, a friend who used to exchange uh, 45s in jukeboxes. Mm. And so, you know, things that would go in a jukebox, they're top, they're top album, you know, the top songs. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of them were, you know, top 40 hits. And so we had a he had a Nancy Sinatra album or song, a song off this album called uh, Lady Bird. And I think the B-side might have been Jackson. You know, Lady Bird, that was, the, I was kind of obsessed with it uh, for a little while. 2006 or seven was when I was diving deep into these 45s. I was probably like labeling. I was doing my tags, <laughs> yeah. but it was on like a record sleeve. Even more satisfying. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I can't query those tags, but they're there. I looked up more about these albums and or these songs that they that Lee Hazelwood and Nancy had done together. And I'll say there's there's a few more that aren't on this album Ooh. that are amazing. And I'll, I'll 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 plug one, and it's called Dover. And I challenge anyone to listen to that and not feel prepared to tear up. It's a very oh. emotional track. Oh, I was man. kind of bumped. Given speaking my language, I know. Yeah. Given your uh, <laughs> your preferences, I think you would love that. So that'll be like a lanyap for you after the mm, show. I can't wait. Pitchfork was reviewing decades of music. Yeah, so this is number eighty-seven on their list of two hundred oh. albums of the sixties. That was the best. Yeah, and you know, it's like. It's, Considering their competition, that's like yeah, pretty, pretty I good. I mean, like you don't hear these songs on the radio. I'm kind of thankful for that. Not not that I don't want everyone to enjoy this, sure. but you know, sometimes on the radio they just play the same songs over and over again, and they kind of ruin them. You sure. know, where I'm just like, if you heard Ladybird like <laughs> 20 times a week, would yeah. you be sick of it? Yeah, Maybe. like I have a hard time listening to a good amount of Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin songs because I'm just like, ah, the radio did on them repeat. To death. Yep. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Lewis, uh, I'm glad that uh, you enjoyed this album. Um, Immensely. Good. I, that's cool. I, um, I I don't know. I think you're a very open-minded listener, but I think I picked this one for me. I'm still going to try and probe deeper into where we don't overlap. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. It's tricky. It's tricky. And I think we're going to be we're going to be cutting it very close to the edge sometimes, mm. but I'm sure there's tons of music that I haven't heard that I would love to, and probably the same goes for you. Um, in the spirit of that, yes, I've got your homework assignment All right. for next week. Bring it. Okay. You're going to listen to the album Public Strain by the band Women, Four Dudes from Canada. Okay. Never heard of them. <laughs> um, I'll give you a one-sentence synopsis. Okay. 
Actually, that's too difficult. <laughs> You've just listened to Our Tunes. This show is hosted by Brad Lanute and Lewis Weil, produced by Robert Hughes. No, there were... <laughs> we could erase that. Incendiary fact. Yep, about just dropping lies. Correction. Lies left Jackson. and right. Jackson. Yeah. Jackson. Jackson.